What's up, everything? It's Friday, November 3rd, meaning we're already a month into the hockey season. The Blues had a terrific month of October that catapulted them to the top of the NHL standings. We'll talk about the last three games of that month, as well as the unfortunate loss that kicked off the month of November. We'll cover all the big plays, the star players, and the controversial calls, as well as anything else that crosses our minds. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everybody. This is the Two Guys No Cup podcast. I am Stephen Ground. I'm here with my co-host, Ian Peters. How are you doing, Ian? Less spooky. Less spooky. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing less, less spooky. Less moribund and yeah. dead or whatever. I don't have November words, so. Yeah. So, uh, it is now November, which means uh, Halloween has left us behind. It is the 3rd of <laughs> November. Remember, remember, the 3rd. No. Is it the, the, no, no. It's the 5th. I mean, <laughs> it's the 3rd now, but it's the 5th that we're supposed to remember. We're off to a smashing <laughs> start. So, uh, yeah, so it's been a whirlwind week for us here at the podcast. We had our first viral tweet which is not what it was at all, but it reached, like, a lot of people. That felt good. Scotty Upshaw liked one of our tweets. Um, That was also cool. It was about him, so, you know, that's always good. And then we went to our first game together, but we didn't go together at all. We just Mm -hmm. went to the same game at the same time. Just a coincidence. (laughs) It was in the same building. It's kind of a coincidence. I mean, I stalked Ian because he was already going, but that's okay. Um, we'll talk about all that when we get to it. Uh, how was your Halloweenian? Boring. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. Might it as was well. fine. Like, kids don't trick or treat anymore, <laughs> or or kids don't exist anymore. Maybe. maybe or trick or treating's boring because you can just go on the internet and tweet memes <laughs> or something. I don't. I don't know. I, I obviously don't know what kids do other than do uh, really half. Hello, fellow dabs. kids. Yeah. <laughs> You know how you dab, but real uh-huh. quick, like the kids? There were a lot of dabs on that Jumbotron oh, yesterday. good lord. I had um, to describe to my dad what the hell was going on <laughs> with these kids. And it was very yeah. confusing. But anyways, Halloween was good, but I, we just think a lot of trick-or-treaters. I yeah. don't know why that is. I spent it at home, where I live. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we just had probably, I don't know, 10, 15 times I got up. I went out to Walgreens and bought a metric ton of candy that earlier in the day, and we still have like three or four bags of it out there. It's, mm. it's a bummer. But we'll have that to feast on tonight when we're watching Stranger Things. Finally. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah. Uh, don't spoil us through this podcast that we're recording and did, sending to you. I had to jam my, um, my headphones in my ears like three times this week because <laughs> the guy next to me in the cube was like, does anyone watch Stranger Things? I mean, that would proceed to be like, I love the part with Nancy. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, yeah, we have we watched it together last year. I think I kind of introduced you to it. 
But then we I knew of it. We made well, yeah, but I mean we watched it. You watched it with me for the first time, but not the other direction. <laughs> so feel bad. But we made a pact to kind of watch it together this year, so we're doing that. So that's happening and other exciting things. <laughs> we're gonna get through like one episode. That's true, because it's already late. I've heard it starts real slow, so super. The other one, the, <laughs> the other one started with a kid being devoured by a giant space plant. So, you know, you can't, um, they can't all be the first season. They can't all be winners. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got that to look forward to. Um, yeah, other things, yeah. but video games <laughs> exist. But we've got a lot of blues hockey to cover as well. Uh, let's start with some prospect news. The big news. That I guess dropped today or recently is that Robert Thomas, not the lead singer of Matchbox 20, but the well-known blues prospect, but uh, was named the captain of the London Knights of the Ontario Hockey League, which is a very prestigious uh, Ontario Hockey League team, (laughs) very prestigious junior hockey program. Mm other players have come from there. They're kind I of the to Yankees. have a list, but I didn't. So, yeah, so that's really great. It speaks highly of his leadership qualities and his skill as a hockey player, so that's exciting. Um, and then there's a lot of talk that both or either of uh, he and Jordan Cairo might be in consideration for the uh, Canadian Olympic team. Obviously, you're well aware as listeners, that the um, National Hockey League will not be sending players to the Olympics this year, which is a big fat snoozer <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. We could go into that rant a little closer to the actual event. Oh, yeah. uh, but one of the exciting opportunities that that affords us, uh, those of us who will still be steadfast enough to watch it, is we'll get to see a lot of the next generation of uh, NHL players and all of the current generation of KHL players play. <laughs> uh, and among those players might be Blues Prospects, uh, Cairo and Thomas, which would be really cool for them. That would be a really cool yeah. experience. Um, and it's a good reason to keep those guys and Quim Costin down, even, you know, still as possible instead of bringing them up to the NHL. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Costin's being considered or not because yeah, sure. the Russians do have their whole... <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Very Probably professional not. league, but um, he was a good player in that last year, so you never know. But uh, that's cool for the uh, Blues prospects, cool for the organization. Hopefully they have a good team. I mean, do we root for Team Canada now? Because the uh, U.S. already has the jerseys going against it. The yeah. sweaters. Although I'm pretty sure the Canadian ones also have like the weird wing-looking thing going on, oh. too. That's just a Nike thing. Good. Which is Good weird. Nike. Yeah. <laughs> You've done great, Nike. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd root for Canada. I, I'd root for the U.S. first, but I'd be invested in But when in they Canada were eliminated very early, you could root for the Canadians. Mm, exactly. Um, I guess maybe the young Kachuk. Will be a, a U.S. player? Or? I guess, yeah. Although I guess they're technically Canadian. I don't know. <laughs> Things. Who's to say? Um, but, yeah, so that'll be interesting. We'll obviously talk a lot more about the Olympics when the time comes. And I was about to say we'll figure out what we're going to do with the Olympic break, but there won't be one. So yeah. There'll be a uh, lot of hockey to talk about. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so I guess we'll just jump right into hockey action since we have four games to cover today. Uh, we're going to start... Um, with the most recent game, the the saddest game. Yeah, we'll start on a low note, get, but we'll get we'll yeah, get higher. Yeah, what 
which is just how we do life. No, I get high on weed life. puns, but we don't smoke weed. So, oh well. Um, oh, well, well, missed opportunity. <laughs> but in any case, uh, the Flyers came to St. Louis yesterday after being blanked the night before by the Chicago Blackhawks, and it was a trap. And the Blues <laughs> lost two to nothing, uh, as I think we all expected. <laughs> Uh, at least Ian and I have been talking about this being a trap game like a week in advance, yeah. I feel like. The Flyers are always a weird team. They, I mean, At least the last three or four years, any given day they beat an amazing team, mm-hmm. and then the next day they just stink. And so I, yeah. I always worry about that from a Blues perspective. It's the, like, which team are we getting? They have such an insane amount of skill up front, even though we weren't necessarily the victims of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there aren't a lot of teams that can boast four guys as good as Giroux, well, three guys as good as Giroux, Voracek, and Simmons, mm-hmm. and then a fourth like a Couturier or whoever mm-hmm. you want to name. And I've heard people say they have one of the best fourth lines in hockey now with Wheel and some of the other guys down there. And of course they have the second <laughs> overall pick, although he's been injured. So they've got like a lot of um, really great skill players. Yeah. I don't think they have a ton of great defenders and their goalie situation's been a mess for years. And so I think that's one of the things that keeps them kind of behind the pack, but they're definitely, like you said, can can go toe-to-toe with anybody on any night. And they certainly did with us yesterday. Uh, this was the game that Ian and I went to, uh, sitting nine sections apart. Um, <laughs> this was my first opportunity to see the uh, new renovations, and I thought it was really cool. I think the new Jumbotron is uh, freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I never realized a couple of things that I didn't realize. I didn't realize how bad the old lights must have been until I watched this game, and it felt like staring at the surface of the sun <laughs> just because the ice. And I think it's it's cool, too, because I think the lights are more focused now, so the arena is kind of dimmer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's not even dimmer. The lights on the ice are just brighter, and so it really brings a lot of focus to the you know the field of play, if you will. Uh, so the new lights are cool. The new sound system, I thought, sounded great, but I'm glad that it wasn't like, you Overbearing. know, bust your ears out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was pretty good. Uh, the levels were pretty good, and that Jumbotron's amazing and super cool. Um, the thing that was kind of funny to me is, though, it definitely feels a little bit like a stadium in transition because a lot of the concourses and seats and stuff are still very 90s, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like, it's not the end of the world, and I know they're going to address some of those things in the coming years, you know, in the two coming summers, but it's just funny to see that first step of the yeah. process. I mean, you know what's happening, so it's not weird necessarily. It was just kind of funny. Um, but. Yeah, it's a really cool place to watch a game. I brought a friend who uh, had never been to an NHL game. He was wearing a Boston Celtics jersey. Cause he's oh, he had the, never been? No. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. He's from the Northeast. He said he'd been to a lot of college hockey games because uh, he's from Connecticut. And so he, went, he said he went to a lot of UConn and UMass games. Um, I don't know how many a lot is, but a number. <laughs> and uh, But this was his first NHL game, and he really he seemed to enjoy himself apart from you know, the home team losing, uh, but he wasn't super invested in the Blues. So it was a fun night for me. You got to be uh, near your dad while he complained about uh, Vuvuzelas and different, I, different yeah. things. We'll make it real short, but I don't understand why it's got to be like a kid that's got some sort of the like horn. diagnosis where they were like, okay, he's 
he's only got so long to live because, <laughs> and it's got to be a lung issue too because uh-huh. he just can't get any air out of that horn. <laughs> it's probably because it's by my dad who hates it, but it's rubbed off on me, and I'm like, it's so annoying. He was two sections for me, I think, or maybe the next. I don't know where ever. it comes from. I can. It's, s- I'll tell you, it's three sixteen. It's okay. right over there. Can you see uh, who's doing it? Yeah, yeah, and he. For Is it one a child? Th- yes, it's a young person. Okay, thank and you. For another thing, uh, the horn is like, I mean, it's a, it's like the Vuvuzelas that became so annoying in the South African yeah. Olympics or whatever, the World Cup, whichever yeah, it was, yeah. but it like extends, so it's not a well-made instrument. It like <laughs> collapses, oh. basically. And yeah, when he hits that fourth note... The fourth go around yeah. just needs to die because the very, slower very one least don't sounds do the slow like a quail yeah. dying, you know. But um, anyway, if you don't know what you're what we're talking about, it's the "Let's Go Blues" chant. They do like three blasts, not blasts, three puffs <laughs> of a horn, and then the "Let's Go Blues." And the fourth one's always slower and asthmatic sounding. It sounds like a dying asthmatic cat. Is really what it sounds like. I mean, good for the kid, but at the same time. Stop. <laughs> but uh, yes, that's uh, that's you know that's the whole story. So moving on to the action of this game, there was none. Um, the uh, Blues got blanked. Uh, they came out in the first uh, period and played like a house of fire, as people might say when they use colloquialisms. Uh, the first five minutes or so of this game was some of the best hockey I've ever watched played live. We were just electric. We were jamming. We were pinching. Other hockey terms that sound weird out of context. Uh, We were playing really well. We got an early power play, and it looked freaking phenomenal. I mean, it was so good that we didn't score on it, and they got like a loud ovation Mm. when it was clear because we had it in the zone for like a minute 40. We had about 10 shots on goal before the 10-minute mark. Yeah, so we we started really hot, and and his post-game comments, Coach Yo, Mike Yo, said... um, that he felt like the Flyers probably felt pretty lucky to get out of the first period unscathed, and I think that's true, especially mm-hmm. that first half. It's We could have easily scored multiple goals the way we were playing, and we didn't score any. Uh, but the second half, second half, the second half <laughs> of this game, there were three halves, and the second one was where it all went off the rails. Uh, started very early with a... A controversial call, a goal by Brandon Manning, assisted by Couturier and uh, Claude Giroux, was uh, immediately and uh, originally overturned on the ice and called goalie interference. Uh, but upon review, uh, they very quickly uh, overturned, re-overturned it, overturned it, I guess, mm-hmm. to call it a good goal with no goalie interference, much to the chagrin of the fans in attendance. Uh I, for one, have to say this, to me, was a pretty cut-and-dry, clean goal. I think it was not goalie interference. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened, for those of you who can't see, couldn't see, is that I think it was Voracek. Mm-hmm. Um, Voracek and Petrangelo. Came in to screen Jake Allen, basically. Which you're allowed to do. Yes. He was very—I mean, his skates were very close to the crease, but it's not like he was halfway in it or anything. Uh, Allen put his blocker up kind of in Dvorak's back to kind of try and push him out of the way a little bit. So Allen made the initial contact. Dvorak didn't, like, back into Allen or anything. Mm -hmm. And then Petrangelo pushed Dvorak further into Allen. And and even then, barely. Yeah, and screening him, and then a shot just went over 
Alan's shoulder, mm-hmm. which he couldn't, I'm sure, couldn't see at all. Uh, to me, it was just pretty cut and dry in terms of, you know, Alan made the initial contract contact, and then our player was the one that made it worse, you know, by yeah. pushing Voracek into it. Well, it was like Voracek was trying to screen him, but also looked like when the puck was coming, he's, you know, you're trying to get out of the way so it doesn't hit you either. Mm-hmm. And it looked like he was just trying to squeeze himself between and Petrangio and, yeah. and Alan almost kind of had him pinned Sandwich in between pinned, each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I heard an interview with Darren Pang today on 101 ESPN where he said pretty much he thought it was a good call. They, he thought they made the right call. It looked like it wasn't goalie interference. Um, I think the the issue here is more about consistency. The concern has more to do with other calls very similar to this have not been overturned or have been overturned the opposite direction. Um, that's just going to be a problem anytime there's referee's discretion involved in a call. You know, when it was when it was back in the day. Um, when the crease was more protected than it yeah, was than it is now, couldn't have your foot in the blue uh, paint. It was a little more cut and dry, and even then, they let the Stars win a Stanley Cup on <laughs> on, a wrong on, call. Yeah, so, on a rule that was cut and dry, yeah. and they still didn't adhere yeah. to it. Uh, for those of you that might not know, Brett Hull, it was his yeah. skate that was in the crease, right? Yep. Uh, he didn't score the goal, but he was the one in the crease, um, very queerly on the overtime game-winning goal when the Stars won the Cup back in 99, was it? Yeah, against Buffalo. So, uh, yeah, so even that, you would think, is a lot easier, and even that was still mistakes were made. Um, You can hope for consistency in the NHL, but it's just consistently inconsistent. It's frustrating, and we should hold them to a high standard, but just know that that standard is... I don't want to say like imaginary, but it's a it's a perfect world yeah. sort of thing. And it doesn't. I mean, just because they've made wrong calls in the past doesn't mean they should call this one wrong. Well, that's now, what I mean. So this know? one's right. As so much as they might right. benefit benefit us mm-hmm. to have had this overturned, obviously, um, I, it shouldn't have been overturned. I yeah. mean, it, I'm trying. I'm using the wrong language. It shouldn't have been disallowed as a goal mm-hmm. because it wasn't goalie interference. Um, Darren Pang talked about in that same interview about how uh, the crease now, you're not supposed to enter it before the puck does, I think is the rule. Yeah. Um, but basically, he, he just wants a, a cleaner standard, and I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And he talked about you know the old rule, how people just avoided it entirely. And now it's a little more hazy, and he says, you know, just make it a little clearer, and I think that's fine. Um, I think they really need to enforce the puck in the crease rule a lot better, and that's how this starts to get fixed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's still going to be hard to know who makes what contact in any sort of goaltender interference situation, so you're never going to get them all right. Um, There was another controversial call later in that same period when uh, Braden Shin kind of coming back across the ice in front of Allen, cut off uh, Sean Couturier and hit him pretty hard above yeah. the shoulders. I couldn't tell if it was head uh, contact or not from where I was sitting. Even on the replay, it, it was hard to tell. It looked like it from my angle, but I can't tell you either. Uh, and either way, Couturier went down and was down for a while. Uh, Shin got two minutes for interference, mm-hmm. which again I think was very fair. The interference was a little weird to me, but they always grab um, some random yeah. penalty to give you for those. Uh, 
it could have been a elbowing. This, I mean, I think this call was right, and I think a game misconduct or anything would have been wrong. Mm-hmm. However, with a hit like that, especially in live action when you're just watching it, and this is kind of what I said on Twitter, you have to understand why the refs are going to make that call every time. Yeah, I don't think there was any intent at all on Shin's part. You can't imagine he has this bloodlust for, for Sean Couturier. <laughs> Couturier. He might. After being a flyer, maybe. Maybe Couturier is still his spot. I don't know. But He's the one who wanted him traded. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just like uh, I don't know. Get and- Yori Laterra. I don't care. <laughs> Anyone. Anybody. And, he said, um, and Holmgren or whoever their GM is like, all right. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's hard to imagine Shin. I don't see Shin at all as no. the type of person that would try to injure anyone anyway uh but you've got to understand why when you see a guy take possible contact to the head and then go down and stay down mm-hmm. that's going to be called a penalty every time and with good reason nothing came of the ensuing penalty and shin got out of the box i was a little disappointed by blues fans who were loudly booing the refs call while Couturier was like being care not carried off the ice, but like yeah, helped strongly off. assisted off the ice. I know it's just how the game is played and it's gut reactions, but yeah. that was a little. It's Philly. You got to boo them back. You know, yeah, I guess so. I love the. I do love those moments though, and I mean, I don't love them because of the circumstance. But anytime like a stadium all applauds a guy who's getting up from an injury, those just warm my heart, you know, sort of things. But. Uh, It was what it was. I think the call was exactly right on this one. I don't think it was a totally clean hit. Um, I don't think it could have ever been not called. Mm -hmm. As as mad as we were about the call in our direction, imagine how furious Flyers fans would have been at a no call in the other direction. Not that that would have made it right or wrong. (laughs) We did talk to one Flyers fan on Twitter uh, who was pretty upset about it, but... He ultimately kind of agreed with this stance that we've been taking and said, yeah, I don't think Shen meant anything by it or even necessarily knew he was there, but a hit is a hit sort of a situation. Uh, So that was was the end of that period and pretty much the end of the game. (laughs) Uh, The Blues came out in the third, and they they flashed a little bit at times. But it just felt all the time like we were never going to get that mm. equalizer. Um, and then uh, Giroux, was it Giroux ultimately that buried the empty netter yep. uh, with assists from Simmons and Couturier, and who did come back, obviously, as, mm. <laughs> as that would indicate. Um, he did get back on the ice, which I'm glad to see. Uh, but also, that same fan betrayed to me whether accidentally or not, that his nickname is Coots, which is delightful to me. Oh, God. So much better than just putting er at the end of it. Oh, Coder. Yeah. Coder. Cody, oh, Cody Erier. Um, the Blues, it was just a frustrating game from yeah. a Blues perspective. How was I mean, your live perspective on this one? It's always frustrating when you get shut out and you're at a game and you paid money to be there. So <laughs> that alone, I try not to think about it like that because it's just very annoying. But hey, that guy never Venmoed me back. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> um, I'm out eighteen bucks on this shutout. Eighteen dollars plus my own eighteen dollars. <laughs> You're lucky. Um, 
the Blues didn't look bad. They just looked frustrated they like didn't we look were. Good though. No, I mean I just don't think they didn't look like they were dogging yeah. it or anything necessarily. It seemed like Neuver didn't really give up a lot of rebounds, and that also for the pucks that got to him, that is because there weren't many that got to mm-hmm. him. They had ten block shots on the night, or they had twenty block shots on the night, and ten of them were Provorov. Provorov. Yeah. They're ro- he's a rookie now, or he's a it second might be a second year, now, year but man, he played like twenty seven plus he's minutes great, for him. He's a great young player. Their whole team did a really good job of sticks on puck Do when they we were still in our have zone. Shane Gostisbehere, or is he just he's, an actual ghost? Now? He's injured or scratched. Ghost I don't know. Bear. One of them. He's <laughs> yeah. I don't think that guy is nearly as good as that one year indicates. Yeah, yeah I guess not. But I, um, it was just frustrating because normally we get some clean looks on the net, and I don't think yeah. we got a single one. And the few that looked like they could mm-hmm. be clean shots, we had guys passing the puck because they wanted a yeah, prettier goal. Yeah, you want to goal. talk about that Tarasenko play because you saw it a little better than I did, but Tarasenko was definitely, this was not a, yeah. a shining game for him. It was like a, I want to say it was like a two-on-one, uh-huh. two-on-one on the the right side coming in and the defenseman was taking the pass so it was Tarasenko and Neuwirth and maybe Neuwirth just had like the the special angle on him so there's just nothing to go in but like shoot for his pads or do mm-hmm. something but he decided to kind of cut back across and he had his body turned towards our net and it was just it was over at that point and yeah like you said I don't think you can't hang this loss on anyone in particular by any means because the whole team just looked frustrated. But Tarasenko had a number of times where it was just like a little chip pass where he's trying to just kind of poke it by a guy. Uh, and it'd be nice when it works, but when it doesn't work, it just looks kind of lazy. Yeah, and we forgot, I forgot to mention this, but um, there was a weird moment in the third period. We were on the power play, I believe, and uh, there was a play where the Blues were pressing again and something happened with Neuvert in the net. Oh, yeah. And he just kind of stayed down in, like, the coffin position. And they eventually whistled it when the mm-hmm. Flyers got the puck. Um, but in that moment before, we'll talk about that in a minute, but in that moment before the Flyers got it, I think it was Tarasenko who got the puck with a basically wide-open net and zinged it off the crossbar. Yeah. Uh, which again, I mean, if that goes in, that goes in. That's a goal, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, if we scored there, even with the injury and giant scare quotes, yeah. um, <laughs> that's still an equalizing goal because uh, they never possess the puck. But so, yeah, a lot of missed opportunities. Not to pick on Tarasenko specifically because there were missed opportunities for other guys. He's just one of those guys there where were a he's a whole like, lot yeah. of shots that were. Uh, Blocked either well, Provorov yeah. or one of the other defensemen. Well, it was just our game changers. Jewels. Yeah, uh, there was. <laughs> it was our game changers. Just didn't look like they were on top of it. Yeah, as a whole. Yeah, uh, Pareko did take one shot, a really hard shot too, that hit Scotty square below the belt. Yeah, and he hobbled off the ice. <laughs> and Darren Pang had a do. lot of fun laughing about that in that interview. Terrible. Um, <laughs> but. He just kept saying groin really awkwardly and then, like, giggling to himself. Did I the uh, groin? <laughs> uh, I wish Daryl Pang was available for comment. Um, Good lord. In any case, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know what happened to Neuvert. I hesitate to say he was faking it. He laid down he there an sure awful long like time. It sure looked like he faked it. He got up real quick after the play was dead. Uh, what JR reported on Twitter was that one of his own guy's sticks had gotten in his mask, and so it went down. Uh, but it was a weird play. 
the fact of the matter is, though, that again, Tarasenko should have buried that basically mm-hmm. empty net at that point. Yeah, and it was. Then, we had very few prime opportunities, and that was one of them. Yeah. And like we said, every other one that was from the outside, which is kind of where we were shooting from the whole night, was a block shot. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, a couple of things from Yo's post game before we move on. Uh, he did say, you know, he wasn't. This is just a thing I've noticed generally with him. Uh, he never. He often says the things I'm thinking when he does his post game. Well, yeah, whereas Hitch would always be way too negative. I mean, like even when I was negative, he would somehow go a step beyond <laughs> it. Or there was the occasional time where I was like, "This team is dog poop," and Hitch would be like, "Yeah, we were fine out there tonight. This was just a tough loss." And I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> but but in any case, uh, Yo said basically. Uh, I think we played all right hockey out there. He said that comment about the Flyers escaping the first. He was, you know, he basically said, "I don't think anybody's going to say we played our best sixty minutes of hockey or left it all on the ice this time." Uh, but it is what it is, kind of thing. Um, and I kind of like that from a coach, as you mentioned earlier. You know, before we were talking, before we started. Sometimes a loss is just a loss, yeah. you know. Sometimes you just lose a game, and yes, you probably should have or at least could have won it, but you didn't. Now yeah, let's move it's just on. Gonna happen. You know? Yeah, it's an eighty-one game season, and we've had an incredible start. Um, let's keep going, mm-hmm. you know. Um, or is it eighty-two? Eighty-two. They don't. They don't do odd I numbers. I always think of it as exactly half of baseball. Oh, it's baseball 162. That's uh, why I always do 81. Uh, but you were giving me the look. Baseball so should have been 164. The, I felt the That's shame. what it should have been. I felt the heat dripping from the top of my head. I'll be sure to jump all over you next time. <laughs> wrong. Dead wrong. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I had a guy correct me in a text message earlier, and I... Did you snap your phone in half? <laughs> I wanted to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was a trap game for sure. No doubt about it. And trap. Trap. We got trap. <laughs> So, moving on to, or moving back, I guess, to happier times, before we lost to the Flyers, we actually had three really great wins in a row, Uh, the first of which occurred on October 27th. Do you remember that long ago time? Back before Halloween, back when the leaves were still green and other rhymes. the sun was high in the sky. (laughs) Uh, The Hurricanes came to town, by which I mean they came to their own town, because this was a road game, and caught that one before. Good job, (laughs) Perry. The story of this game was that it was on the road. Uh, Blues beat the Hurricanes 2-1. to Um... I don't remember a lot of this game. I think I didn't see much of this one. We had no power play time. Yeah, this was one I forgot was happening because I really can't get it through my head that the Hurricanes exist. Um, (laughs) It's just like I like them, and I still don't. Uh, But Stormy, their mascot, was at the game last night. We failed to mention that it was Louie's birthday. And Stormy from the Hurricanes and Fred Bird from the Cardinals and Nash from the Predators. Uh, which Chance. is a cute name, and Chance the Kraft Mac and Cheese Dinosaur, the brand new mascot of the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights. He's a macaroni. These guys were supposedly friends, but how is he even friends with Chance? He doesn't even know Chance. You're not friends with a baby? Uh, Something that's one years old? <laughs> Do you not hang out with babies? Anyway, uh, that was 
a strangely fun aspect of the game, seeing other people's mascots there. Mm-hmm. It was like a weird celebrity sighting. I know it's just a costume, but I assume it's like the actual people in those costumes, you know. Um, anyway, moving on. So Stormy was also at this game because it was a home game, as I said before, for the Hurricanes. And we won 2-1. to one. Uh, Dimi- <laughs> Dimitri asking, we are off the rails tonight. Uh, Open the scoring uh, with his first goal of the season, assisted by Sunquist and Payarvi. It was the most Yaskin-like goal too. In the second, <laughs> in the second. Uh, I mean that period. in a good way no. too. He muscled, he muscled his way uh-huh. out there to grab the puck and get it by Ward, who's mm-hmm. now a backup goalie. Oddly enough, I thought it was it was a really good goal. It was a good play. Like, Scott Darling. Yeah, I know, but they kept it in the zone for a good chunk of time, and I think he might have been the fresh legs out, because I think it was the third line that kept it out there. Well, as fresh as your, as Dimitri Askins' legs ever are. That's true. I almost called him Yori Latera, which is too mean, yeah, was even real for mean. Askin. I didn't mean to. That was just an accident, though. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's good. I think, I think overall our third line has been heating up a little bit. Um, <laughs> now, which line are we calling the third line? Well, whichever collection of people is on the third and we fourth line. We're talking Sunquist, Bennett, Payarvi? They don't I th- look bad. Sunquist has been doing a lot better lately. Mm-hmm. He was. He looked good in this game, in the Carolina he game. He was rotten to start the season, and he's been pretty good lately. Mm. Uh, Yaskin's picked it up a little. Uh, Bennett's been mm. fine. What about Payarvi? Payarvi's been okay. I've noticed them, and in a good yeah, way, so yeah. that's so, so that's mean, something. You We're used to having third lines that have, like, Berglund and Steen on them sometimes, and these guys are just not going to be that, you know, but... Oh. Um, <laughs> I just, sorry, just thinking about Berglund and if we had, like, Fabry and yeah. Berglund, yeah. and we could put, like, Saboka uh-huh. on the third line. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. What uh, a world this would be. <laughs> But we can't, and, and we're so still ten and four, and ten and three and one without them. So three, not four, three. Oh, we'll be four. <laughs> we're gonna be the correction robots all night. Uh, Jeff Skinner <laughs> almost immediately tied this game with his sixth goal of the season, assisted, assisted, assisted by Justin Williams. Uh, that was like a thirty seconds after, a minute after the asking goal. A very quick equalizer. Mm, it was a nice goal, <laughs> too. I remember, I don't think I was watching. You were watching it, and mm-hmm. I was somewhere else. And uh, I texted you. I was like, Yaskin got his first goal? And then, like, immediately the Skinner notification popped up, and I was like, oh, that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> Williams did all the work on that. Oh, he yeah, did he did, like, hand, a pirouette A really sweet, like, backhand to mm. Skinner who just knocked it out of the air. and then, He did that Carl Gunnarsson 360. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carl Carl Gunnarsson last night in this game. I know we're all over the place, but I'm just embracing it at this point. Uh, he was <laughs> just do it. He was like pinching in the zone, which was weird to begin with. Uh, and then like he got by a defender for the Flyers by literally like hitting a a Madden spin button move on him and just three sixteen. It was real him, slow motion which was too. Slow. And the audience way overreacted <gasps> with just like a whoa. <laughs> To be fair to them, nothing happened during this game, so that's all they got to be excited That was pretty much as close as we got to a goal reaction. (laughs) It was pretty funny because later on in the game, uh, 
there was some defensive play that Gunnarsson didn't even really botch, but he missed a puck or, or slipped mm-hmm. and fell down or something. And I heard a guy very loudly over my shoulder give us a walking dead, damn it, Carl! And, <laughs> and then Carl got up and like slipped again or something, and he did it a second time in a row, and it was very delightful. One of my highlights of the night. Uh, <laughs> uh, no goals. These are our only highlights. Yeah, that was that was what we had. Um, that and beer and cold, cold, cold depression. <laughs> uh, we also had that Flyers fan that was the plant in the Pascal set that skit that I thought was legit the first time. No, no, no. I got fooled like a fool. Uh, so did my friend. In any case, the third period of this. Uh, Hurricanes game as we travel back, back into time, back, back to the future. Back to the future. Yeah. Uh, was scored by Braden Shin halfway through the third period, his third of the season, assisted by Jaden Schwartz and Vladimir Tarasenko. This was an awesome goal. This is a very pinball a really type goal. like pinball-y, but like after a good rush and a couple of good opportunities, we finally got it into the net. Well, that's why it's pinball. It went off the went off yeah. the post, then went off yeah. the pad. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Like, we had good scoring opportunities even before that in the shift, you know? You can have that in a pinball shift. <laughs> Pinball's a great Fine. game. It was pinball. Yes. Uh, not to be confused with Miss Pac-Man. It was a very nice goal. Uh, <laughs> I know Miss Pac-Man's nothing like pinball, but they're arcade type games. You know, so. Pac-Man... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Was originally, and maybe still is, in Japan, titled Puck-Man. Oh, really? But they changed it I to Pac-Man because they thought kids would erase out the P part. So oh, be, no. You know, F-Man. <laughs> As I say, like a teacher, F-Man. F-man. <laughs> yeah. To all those basic Bs. Are you bees. familiar with the F word? <laughs> That's... Hilarious, and now we're officially just totally out of left field. We're gonna name this episode. We're sorry, <laughs> <laughs> might as well. Um, but yeah, I think this was we'll, we'll move a little quicker through the rest of this game since we've been talking about it for 25 minutes now. Um, no, it was kind of a slow start for the Blues. Um, they looked good during the second half. I thought it was great that they scored a go ahead goal with 10 minutes left. and didn't turtle yeah. um, and really defended the lead and actually got aggressive at points. This is one of those ones where they, it wasn't even the other team giving up either. You know, it wasn't like the other team. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't turtle with two on one, but we've seen that before. But uh, other teams, yeah, other teams <laughs> might. But I mean, you could see the hurricane were really trying to press, and we just were all over them in the neutral zone. Uh, Especially our defenseman. I noticed Dunn specifically. I think Major League is a little smaller, a little more mobile. But, man, he was white on rice. That kid's playing great. Uh, Pang made the point today of just when Bo Meester comes back, you don't want to see them necessarily break up Dunn and Bortuzzo. It's going to be really interesting to see. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that. We'll probably talk about it next week because I don't think he'll be back before then. But no, I don't think he's even skating with the team yet. I think he has skated, but Berglund I, has. Yeah. Oh, I don't know Berglund. if Bomeister okay. has though. Um, in any case, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, Dunn's played really well. Um, I think Dunn and Carter Hutton just kind of both look great in this game. Yeah, Hutton freak- is just so great <laughs> as a backup. Yeah. He's such a good personality. The team loves him. And he always does his job. Well, Pang talks about how focused he is uh-huh. all the time. And you you would think you're going to talk up your backup goalie anyways. And he's mm. our commentator. But I feel and like Darren I... Darren Pang should have been a backup goalie his whole yeah. career. So. But I feel like I see 
I see what he's saying. That guy, Hutton's kind of keyed in all the mm-hmm. time. I feel like I never see him have, I mean, we don't see him all that often, but have like a crazy <laughs> off night. Yeah. And I don't think he's ever. I can't remember yeah. any game where he's gotten like roasted. Well, they were saying something. I'll have to find a website too because I'd really love to know some of these advanced stats where they have like high scoring area, mm-hmm. which is like the 15 feet around the goal in front. And he hasn't, I think it was something about he hasn't let in a goal outside of that high scoring area like all season long or even in this past like maybe six or seven starts. Wow. So they've all been in tight yeah. where it's just going to be hard to stop anyway. Yeah, that's impressive. He's he's a great backup. Um yeah, I think that's all we have really to say about this game. It was a good win. It was a fun A really win. good road win. A road win. Was it a back-to-back? Did we play the night before or was it two nights before? No, the next game we played. Yes, yeah. that's true. I would have seen that if I'd looked down. <laughs> In the show notes, uh, we went home from Carolina, the short flight from whichever of the Carolinian cities they play. I think Raleigh. Raleigh. Yeah. Um, where we beat the Blue Jackets 4-1. to one. And by we, I mean the fourth line. <laughs> um, the scoring in this game is just really funny to read. Uh, the first goal scored very late in the first period was uh, Vladimir Saboka's first of the season, assisted by Pareko and Stasny. That one sounds pretty normal. This is where <laughs> it goes off the rail. Uh, the second period, Scotty Upshaw scored his first of four. Yes, I did say four points, oh, okay. not goals, but four points <laughs> in this night. Uh, Joel Edmondson and Dimitri Askin assisted that one. And the third period, Joel Edmondson scored his third goal of the season, uh, assisted by Brodziak and Upshaw. And uh, Matt Calvert scored uh, that it would be a, a Blue Jackets player, just to clarify, <laughs> uh, scored their only goal of the night, uh, assisted by Oliver Bjorkstrand and Alexander Winberg. And uh, Kyle Brodziak then scored his second goal of the season, uh, assisted by Yaskin and Upshaw. So maybe did Upshaw only have three points, or did I count wrong? No, it looks like three. One goal, two assists. Why did I say four? Because uh, I'm not very smart. That's the reason. In any case, three <laughs> three, assists, three points for a fourth line is pretty great, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it really was the Scotty Upshaw show. He looked really good all game. I thought you were going to say he looked ecstatic, uh, I, as usual. I, I, that, that was the tweet we got. Uh, we tweeted about uh, Scotty Upshaw celebrates goals like some people celebrate childbirth, and we're fine with that. And I looked down later at my phone. And it said Scotty Upshaw liked it, and my jaw just dropped. Which is like, I know, you know, we're just an amateur podcast. Mm-hmm. Very. <laughs> I feel like Greg Wyshynski probably gets, you know, things liked by NHL players all the time. But for our first St. Louis Blues player like, it was very heartwarming. It was. And who could who better than Scotty, you know? He's a man of the There's people. There's the star power of Tarasenko, but Scotty's just going to warm your heart. And take you to an arcade fire concert. <laughs> there was a very, uh, uh, like, in a detailed article last year from NHL.com about how Scotty Upshaw has this obsession with, like, indie music, basically. And it was very fun. But we love making <laughs> Scotty Upshaw tied to random indie band jokes. Uh, I think this was one of the best games we played during the season, especially to see no real stat sheet contributions from the top lines outside of that first period. It was a really fun game to watch, too. It was just mm-hmm. kind of fast, and we looked like we were really in control. Um, Upshaw, Edmondson, uh, Yaskin, and Brodziak all had four, not four, uh, two or more points 
four would have been very impressive. Uh, and that same combination, those four people were all responsible for... Um, did I do math wrong again? No, I'm just looking okay. at stuff. <laughs> we're all responsible for uh, some combination of the four of those guys were responsible for all three of the final goals in this game. Uh, so I think, it, I mean, it's always great to just have a win from unlikely sources, especially a really convincing one. I mean, mm-hmm. it's great to win a game on a Kyle Brodziak, you know, shorthander in the third or whatever, but like... This was just a fun game to watch. It was cool to see the the underappreciated guys get some love and carry the team. Um, I'm sure Upshaw got the hat after the game or mm-hmm. whatever. And it was just a fun game to watch. I think you didn't get to see a lot of yeah, this Yeah, I didn't one. really see any of it at so, all. So it was just a good game, and it was fun to watch. And I don't think there's much more to say than that. Yeah. But Well, I think this is a good character win, and then we kind of segue into the next game because – Columbus, at least at the time, they're seven and four now, which isn't a bad record. But I think they were, had even fewer losses then. I think mm-hmm. we handed them their third of the season. Yeah, and so that was a good team to play in the East. And then we played the best team in the West next. Yeah, and that's really where the highlight of the week is. Um, is this home win against the uh, Los Angeles Kings on the thirtieth? Uh, we, we still hate. We beat them 4-2. We still kind of do. I was kind of watching it, and I was like, do I like this team now? And I'm like, no. Um, not as long as Jonathan Quick's there, who I respect but still hate. What a weirdo. <laughs> not you, but Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Just like, I don't know, screws are loose up there. <laughs> Something wrong out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so no scoring in the first period, which was really, I was I was making all these show notes, and I was like, oh, look, in games we, we do well, we score in the first period, and then we really dominated this game and didn't. And so <laughs> I kind of threw it off. There are no trends. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the scoring rundown, just to go over it quickly, Tarasenko scored his sixth of the season, uh, assisted by Jaden Jaden Schwartz. Um, and then Schwartz returned the favor, scoring his eighth of the season, assisted by Braden and Vladimir Tarasenko. So Schwartz and Tarasenko each had points on the first two goals. Um, Tanner Pearson scored his second, uh, assisted by Alec Martinez. And then Carl scored his uh, third of the season, assisted by Upshaw and Brozniak. So Upshaw's been on a little bit of a heater lately. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Dustin Brown scored his sixth on the power play. Uh, who's Dustin Brown, who's finally not having a terrible season yeah. for once. Uh, he's finally Oddly not quite enough. an embarrassment. Um, and Drew Doughty and Angie Kopitar, just Angela Kopitar. I'm tired of trying <laughs> to pronounce it right, so I'm just going with Angela. Uh, <laughs> for uh, the, That made it 3-2. And then the final goal uh, was Saboka. Was this an empty netter? This is an empty netter. To make it uh, four to two, but I feel like we did not look like we were ever in danger in that third period, really, you know, despite yeah. it being almost, you know, despite it being a one goal lead. It was another I really pedal felt to like the metal game. We handed it mm. to the Kings a lot. Um, and it was such a, I think it's such a statement win for us. The the team, the rosters turned over a lot, admittedly, but the Kings were the team that really killed us in the playoffs a couple of years running. Um, And I think there's been kind of that stigma of just any time you're playing the Kings with quick, it's like, oh boy. Yeah, I still feel it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I 
didn't feel great going into this game, even though we were doing pretty well. You know, I was just like, mm. this feels like, yeah, we'll probably lose. It'll it'll be close. I don't feel like we'll get blown out, but I don't expect us to win. And we not only won, but we won very handily. Um, and I think this was a really big win for us. And I think there that's one of the reasons we didn't want to close with the Philadelphia yeah. loss, because as much as that's a bummer way to, you know, kick off November and... Uh, you know, as much as it's a bummer into the week and a bummer that we saw it, I don't think it defines our week at all. No, and I think it um, kind of helps to explain maybe the Philadelphia loss, just yeah. in the sense that that was a really big game to get up for, and sometimes you're just going to play an East Coast yeah. team that you never, you know, you don't have that much animosity between. Uh-huh. You're just going to kind of have a letdown game. This is, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but the Philly game was the definition of a trap game. We'd come off three big wins, including a huge mm-hmm. win over a conference rival. Um, they were on the second game of a back-to-back. We didn't even practice on Wednesday. They got shut out that they game, They got too. shut out by the Blackhawks. Uh, we're playing tomorrow night on Hockey Night in Canada, which is a big deal for Canadian players. They're, everything is compelling you to look this beyond a, this yeah, game. It was just a valley. Yeah, and, and that's how we looked. We didn't even play bad. We just didn't play great. Yeah, I was saying it was just more of like, oh, we looked fine, we just didn't look urgent. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a hitch thing where he'd use that for 24 hours. Yeah. He always picks a picks a word. We need more <laughs> urgency until the next time we lose, and we need more... We need more steadfastness. Steadfast, yeah, exactly. Like, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uncross your arms and explain these words to me. <laughs> uh, in that same Pang interview I've referenced multiple times, you should definitely look it up on 101 ESPN. Uh, because he was just very politely, you know, in a typical Darren Pangian sort of way, never going to put anybody on full blast. But he was very much dancing around, like, how much healthier we are as a team with Hitchcock gone. Um, a lot of things. I mean, he talked about team chemistry and team morale a little bit, but he even talked about pretty bluntly about how the team had started playing a lot of one-on-one defense under Hitch, whether that was Hitch's schemes or just the, the dreaded <laughs> independent contractor thing, uh, and and how he talked to John Kelly the, the day, February 2nd was the day Yo took over last year, um, and he said, you know, he told Kelly at the time, I think Yo's going to fix our defensive schemes right away. And he really had, I mean, we've played different and i would say better Mm -hmm. defense ever since uh yeah paying covered a lot of interesting stuff in that interview so definitely give it a listen uh we have a couple interesting games coming out this week uh we've got toronto tomorrow night as i mentioned hockey night in canada uh which is kind of the big hockey you know it's like monday night football football of canadian hockey uh, and Pang talked about that being a big deal for Canadian players, which I'm sure it is. Um, Toronto's coming into town, uh, bringing Austin Matthews, who's had an incredibly great start to the year, almost as good as Jaden Schwartz, which I think we were all planning. <laughs> These are the same players. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Toronto's a good team that mm. will be fighting us the whole way, but could definitely be a win, should be a yeah, win. Yeah, they've been a little rocky lately. Yeah, so you want that win. Then we go to New Jersey for one game, which is strange. 
I mean, and that's it's a not team, yeah. weird to play one game against a team. Yeah. It's weird to go to the East and then come right back. That's a team you can't sleep on either. No, they've been had year. a great start to the year. They had the best start in franchise history. Which is um, kind of weird. They got the top draft pick uh, from Nico Hishier from the past draft. Uh, so they're a fun team to watch. Uh, and then we have their host, the Coyotes, on the 9th next Thursday. Uh, we'll keep you posted on Twitter about when we're recording around that, whether it's oh, after yeah. or the next night that. or before. We'll figure it out. Uh, but, yeah, I think we, t- we mentioned before we started, or we mentioned, we talked amongst ourselves, amongst the two of us, about how November <laughs> looks a little easy. Mm-hmm. Kind of we go to New York, or no, we don't go to New York. We host the Islanders after the Coyotes. Then we take a Western trip. A northwestern trip, but it's Calgary, Edmonton, who's not playing amazing right now, yeah. and uh, Vancouver. Who's so, better? Better, but not good. Not, yeah. Um, and then we host Edmonton, and then we have Predators and Wild back-to-back after Thanksgiving, and then uh, Anaheim is the last game, and we host all three, all four of those. We have four home games yeah. in a row around Thanksgiving, which is good for the players. So you want to see us have another great win, great month. Mm. Um, I was thinking about, though, you know, I think it, it's weird. You never look at a season like this, and you never want to think about it in this light, but I feel like we've done enough already to like secure a playoff spot oh if that makes sense there's there's a metric for this yeah i'm glad you brought this up because i believe since the mid 2000s since since the lockout Uh that if you are in a playoff spot by american thanksgiving that you're 70 70 70 70 77.3 percent chance of making the playoffs that's interesting so that's why i noticed people were talking about the oilers if they're out of a spot and that I don't know. Northern Canada is going to freak out. Oh wow! Because it's it's hard to do. I mean, you're yeah. in the hole, and a lot of these teams. When was the last time you saw a team collapse like halfway through the season? Uh-huh. You've seen a lot of like early collapses. The Canadians yeah. come to mind, but you don't see a team. Do they? <laughs> yeah, you don't see a team hit December and just dog it for like yeah. three months. They might kind of waffle a little, but that still keeps them in a wild card spot. Yeah, even that year. I mean, that year where we had the awful collapse towards the end. Mm-hmm. We were still in firm enough control by yeah. that point to yeah you can hobble into yeah. the playoffs. You can talk I about it was very badly. Yeah, as I say, <laughs> you can talk about making the playoffs, which is great. But yeah, if you're coming in kind of cold, then yeah. that's a whole other right. story. And that's a, is a different thing. My only point is, and we talked about this on our on our second podcast of the season where we mm-hmm. had the four or five wins in hands, and it's like, look, you can't. Nobody can get those ten points back, you know. Like mm-hmm. we have those in hand, and so when I say we've done enough to win a playoff spot, I don't mean that twenty-one points is enough to get a playoff mm-hmm. spot. I'm just saying it's a hot enough start that if we just do okay the rest of the year, that is probably yeah. the difference between us making it and losing it, especially in a division that isn't as good as I thought it would be. I don't think the Wild. Mm-hmm. Or stars or black. I don't think anyone in this division looks as good as I expected them to, and the Blues look much better than I expected yeah. them to. So uh, it's been interesting. I think we might have to do a, a dumper chase or something like that around the Thanksgiving mark, mm-hmm. just because I think it would be, be interesting. It'd yeah. be interesting mark to see. Check back in with the standings. That'd be cool for sure. Uh, before we go, we don't have a, a specific, you know 
locked and loaded tweet of the week this week necessarily. Uh, just kind of a general shout out to all the Halloween tweets, especially any of the players in costume, uh, anything along those lines. Although I will specifically mention the Flames tweeted a couple of uh, really cool jack-o'-lanterns uh, from at Bill Mullanes and at Emma Mort, which I may be murdering their names. Uh, I'm always really impressed by jack-o'-lantern arts because I can barely manage to like triangle eyes and crappy jagged tooth smile. Uh, One of them cut out the Flames logo, which is really, it's a cooler and more intensive pumpkin than the other one. But the other one is delightful uh, because it's it's the Flames logo, but instead of the Flames at the back, it's got a mullet cut out, and it's got the 68 for Yager, and uh, it's just delightful to see. So we did retweet that. We'll call that the official Tweet of the Week, but just a general shout-out to Hockey Halloween. Uh, it was a fun week. It was a fun week for the Blues, despite the loss that we knew was coming. Um, I'm going to keep talking because we're in the 1666th <laughs> measure of this podcast, and now we aren't anymore. So we can end Ooh, it. that would have been uh, spooky. We'll see you uh, next week with another edition. Until then, bye. <laughs> <laughs> see ya.